Check my inbox and what do I see? Just another day, another T-R-A-D-E I'm an addict And I need it in my veins, I'm an addict Otherwise I feel plain now Every day I wake up, people got a problem Making all these trades up, got me saying got em But I've been paid up, I even started from the bottom See I don't wait up, I ain't even playing possum So what it cost them, just a couple of firsts Can't believe that it worked, not to say I'm a jerk But I'm an addict, it's what I said in the first You can curse all you want, you can pray in your church But I'ma keep tapping return, I win up I learn I ain't trying to burn any bridges I yearn For the feeling I earn, I'ma win it's a turn You had a cheek before I drop you like the beat I'm an addict, and I'm not really ashamed I'm an addict, I'm reclining with the brain I'm an addict, and the pot is what I'm playing I'm an addict, Russ and Rocky Other names, Trade Addicts Pie Let's go I am Dynasty Outhouse, and I have a trading problem. I am Rocky Petrella, and I also have a trading problem. I'm Ronnie Evans, and I definitely have a trading problem. Hey, everybody, and welcome to session 289 of the Trade Addicts Podcast, a proud member of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we just did. I think this was an okay week, right? Like, I don't think we had... That's dab. I know, it's not dab. <laughs> I, I, just was, I wanted to be cool. I'm sorry. <laughs> my, kid, ugh, my kids, like they, my son did it like twice because he watched way too much YouTube and he saw that I hated it. So of course that's all. And then my daughter picked up on it. And that's, so that's all I did for like four years. So they finally, <laughs> like, I'm afraid I said the word out loud and they felt it through the house. Like, yeah, yeah. we can start doing that again. Ugh. But I feel like this is the first week in as long as I can remember where, like, my soul isn't crushed from the amount of injuries or or things that have gone on. So that that's a good thing. Like, there was a couple of injuries. Um, I had a, a, a rebuilding team where I had to start Desmond Ritter, but and I got points. And Cooper Rush. <laughs> I had a team. I started Cooper Rush because I had no quarterback. It wasn't even a rebuilding team. It's a team I'm contending, but I had uh, Hurts and Mahomes. As my yes. quarterbacks, so I just started Cooper Rush. Oh yeah, no, that was TA one rebuilding where... with Hurts and Mahomes. No, no, that's no. not contending. But I had to start Cooper oh, Rush because right, right, both right. of my quarterbacks were. I didn't have. Oh, and my third was Daniel Jones. Yep. Was, yeah, out with an ACL. So, so yeah, like and Derek Carr got hurt, and then Chris Olave started catching the ball. Weird, right? Like, ugh. not Prince. But, that is what that is. Um, but like, I, I'm just like, it feels good to not feel sad after the week of football. So I, I like it. I'm loving it. And another thing I love is when Rocky signs up the, the guests like he did with Ronnie. So I could be like, hey, Rock, you're, you're doing the interview thing. Oh, yeah, that means it's my turn. Okay. Um, so, Ronnie, how long have you been playing fantasy? I've well, been playing fantasy on, football. You're better than this. Oh, You're better than I this. know. I always, I always, I'm not used to doing it, Russ. Hold on, Ronnie. Hold on. I screwed up. <laughs> Ronnie, tell everyone who you are, what you do, and where they can find what you do. Hey guys, I'm Ronnie. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I've been playing fantasy or dynasty football for 13, 14 years now, and then fantasy football for me turned legal this year. It was my 18th year. And um, I, uh, I, my Twitter handle right now is at Roddy A. Evans. I also have another handle. It's at Fantasy Proceeds, which is a in-wake mental health uh, brand within the fantasy space. But 
more than that, I'm just around on Twitter, working through a couple AI projects right now, and in general, hopping on people's podcasts like this one to talk about dynasty talk, trades, fantasy football in general, and lots of other fun topics, whatever you guys really want to dive into. So look at that. He then just combined the intro and the first two questions all together. You gotta That's how you do it, Rob. I read my script. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, so in the time you've been playing Dynasty, uh, what are some of your best and worst trades? You can go whichever one you want to go first, best or worst. Yeah, uh, you know, I was looking at the show doc earlier, and I was like, dang, there's so many on both sides that it's hard to pick. Uh, I uh, last year, I think my worst trade ever. I it was in a contract league and salary cap. I had Travis Kelsey on only a one more year deal, and his cap hit was twenty eight percent. It's wild. And um, I traded him away for Cole Komet, who's been okay this year. It wasn't the case last year. And um, Trey McBride, who's also been okay this year, but wasn't the case last year. I led my league in points. I went, had a first round bye, and then I promptly lost immediately in the second round by the exact point difference that would have been there if Travis Kelsey had been in my lineup instead of Cole Komet. It was like 1.6 points over. So uh, that that hurt. That, I, I love that you went back and looked to see what the difference was. And... Yeah, I, well, the whole season I was doing that. It just, <laughs> um, worst year ever to trade away Kelsey, for sure. Uh, best trade? Uh, too many. I have a reputation in a lot of my longtime dynasty leagues as the guy that... But uh, the trade, trade ad- t- advantage taker? of the world has usually been me in my leagues and there's a lot of really great trade ones. So we don't need to get into all of those. Oh, come on. You got to give us one, one good trade. Um, I traded, uh, Alfred Morris in a second round pick for Zeke, uh, Zeke's rookie year. Oh, that's going way back. Yeah. That one was, that was, that one caused somebody to quit the league. <laughs> was that, uh, <laughs> was that in the rookie draft or during the season? Uh, it was like week three. Week three or four, like in end season, because Morris was popping off and I shifted him around. It was interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, what's a guiding principle uh, that you take in, in any trade you do? Um, I try to live with some mottos with Dynasty. So, one of them is I'm not going to remove any premium capital for depth. I don't care. Like if if I if my premium assets get injured and I'm using my depth, then I would much rather hold on to my draft picks anyway. So that's number one for me. I'm just not going to trade a first round pick to pick up like two very good wide receiver fours that can plug in for me when my top guys are on by. That's a very elementary rule. I also try not to trade as a contender for anything unless it adds points directly to my starting lineup. I don't care about how cute something looks two or three years from now. If I see myself as a top four team in my league, my moves are going to be centered around that season in a vacuum because long-term things are just very variable. It's too unpredictable. And then the last two, uh, try not to make trades and a rebuild for anything except for ascending talents. I had to look down and read that one because I try not to do a lot of rebuilds. I like to go for ships every year in my dynasty leagues. Um, But when I'm rebuilding, I want young guys and I want guys that even if they're not doing great right now, like, uh, Sky Moore, for example, uh, we'll talk about him later, but uh, like he's free right now. I, I'll trade for him, but I'm not going to trade for a player that's also not producing that happens to be 29 years old. Um, and then I'm not going to buy a player at peak value and I'm not going to sell him at the four. It just goes back to being in sales for a long time. It's just against my ethos. 
I like I like Ronnie's uh, all, all detail with this. A lot of times we ask this question, and it's just like, yeah, I, I try not to to take advantage of anybody, make the trade even. He he has like you know step by step rules. Yeah, try not to take <laughs> advantage of people. What are you guys in pacifist leagues? <laughs> uh, people people love to say that. We try, people most like people should win the trade. Out. I think they're all lying. Me and Russ try and take advantage of people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> of course. Like, what are you doing if you're trading in Dynasty and not doing? That? I try and make sure it works out for both teams. I look at the other team before I send my offer to make sure it's worthwhile to them. And I send them my best offer the first time. And I'm sitting here just like, no. no yeah, don't. I don't believe any of that. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> yeah. Well, those are my, those are my, uh, what would you call that? When somebody has a, a code where they like repeat it over and over, like in those movies. Mantra. Thank you. That's my mantra in Dynasty for trades. Okay, well, I mean, so for news, there isn't really anything. I mean, the Bills fired their offensive coordinator, but I had to be honest, I had no idea who the Bills offensive coordinator was until I read who it was, <laughs> his name when it got fired. So, like, it's like, did it ever really matter who Tom Brady's offensive coordinator was? No, because it was Tom Brady. Like, that that's what it was. Like, it doesn't matter who the Bills offensive coordinator is because it's Josh Allen's offense. Like, that's, that's what matters. Um, so, I... Yeah, it's just a sign Josh Allen's been a little shaky this year in terms of real football anyway. Yeah, he's still been great for fantasy and they're still winning mostly. So like, and they're just five and five, five and five. I was going to say mostly if you if you go by the law of like math. (laughs) That is literal. Yes, that is (laughs) literal. Yes. Um, Just a question for both of you on that front. I have no hard data on this, but in the back of my head, I feel like typically when a situation like this arises, the star star players tend to get focused more immediately after one of the signal callers is pushed away or let go of. Um, Could you see a scenario where all of a sudden we get like a Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs renaissance for a few weeks here? It's not like Diggs has been hurt that much by what, like I said, Josh Allen's been shaky in terms of fan, in terms of real life football. A lot of just turnovers. Like he's been throwing picks, he's been fumbling, things like that. Uh, I don't think. Dig, I mean, coming off a week where he did not do well, I could certainly see next week him with a new offensive coordinator, him popping off. Where he, uh, I don't remember what his exact stats were, but I know he only had like six or seven fantasy points. He only had a few catches. It was tough. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so I could see that uh, bounce back next week. But I mean, I still think Stephon Diggs has been been really solid this year, anyway. So uh, I, I'm not too worried about him. I think it's like I said. I think it's more. I I think like Russ said. I don't think this has a huge fantasy impact because it hasn't really been hurting Allen or or even Diggs that much fantasy wise. So I, I mean, maybe if if Allen's playing better, some of the tertiary pieces get more uh, involved or produce a little better, like a Gabe Davis or something. But uh, I think they need to get Allen back on track, and that was the reason for this. Yeah, unless it's like you have that guy waiting in the wings to be your next OC, it's usually a, just a back-to-basics thing. And right. for the Bills, that's exactly what they've always been doing. Just, you know, their offense was kind of vanilla. Like, it was – it's really weird to say that when you have such a versatile quarterback who was still running, still making ridiculous passes, but, like, it's like with Greg Roman in Baltimore. Like after a while, you just sort of knew what was coming next. And it did feel that way in Buffalo a little bit, but like their players were good enough that it didn't really matter. So yeah. 
And I think that might have been what it is. Like, at a certain point, you have to fire Lovey Smith, even though he had a winning record. Sure. My my examples are always so old because it's, that's when I paid like real attention instead of just yeah. Music. No, you're good. You're good. I hey, I'm here for it, man. Yeah, I will so say what about Alfred Morris over here. Yeah, fair. Uh, like so, you need. And I'm sitting here trying to think. Like, was that the RG three days? Like how? Like, um. So like, yeah. Sorry. They're a team that expects to be in the Super Bowl every year. So there's probably a little bit of just the lethargy of the regular season. Like you always worry about that with teams like the Chiefs or like, you know. I don't actually watch basketball, but I always hear people complaining how like any team LeBron was ever on or the or the uh, the Warriors just like don't care through the first three quarters of the regular season, and that's and they start trying to make sure they get their you know top seed, and then they win the freaking championship because they're that good. Like I, maybe that's what was going on, and they just needed to light a fire under them, and that's what this is. Like I, sure. I don't think this is that big of a deal. It, it is really what that comes down to. Plus it's not like, like Rocky made the very good point that these are big deal players already. So it's not like this is going to create any sort of buy or sell window on Josh Allen, on Steph Diggs. You don't want James Cook anyway. And like, maybe if you hope you get a little excited for Gabe Davis, sure. But like, who cares at that point, you know? So it's, it's really such a little whatever. So like, I don't think this really changes anything. I I always throw in, can I throw in one quick note on both of what you guys said? The last month for Stefan Diggs has sucked. He hasn't been good. He was the previous month. He was incredible. And I think that I don't disagree with everything you said, because like I said, I had zero statistical. I was rolling off of like a back of the head punch. Like, could this help Stefan Diggs out? But he was averaging 111 yards a game and a touchdown, 1.2 touchdowns the previous month. And then this last month, he's averaged 60 yards a game and a third of a touchdown. So there's, there's something about his usage that has changed over the last month. And then I, I agree with you though. I think you convinced me that this probably isn't going to change. See, but here's on that here's the wonderful thing. His past eight games for fantasy. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Let's, let's go back to week three, 19, 36 is nice. 24, 20, 17, 16, 22, and then six. Like, his fantasy output has more or less been the same. It was a I little know. better two months ago, like you said. But, like, again, I, this is still getting a lot of catches. Yeah. This is a real right, life. Right. This is this I don't think affects fantasy whatsoever. Though I do love the amount of memes that are popping in, like, Stefan Diggs to the new OC. And it's like, the look at me, I'm the captain now thing. Right. I've seen some of that. And I feel like people are looking at this like it's a like an Arthur Smith leaving the Falcon situation where all of a sudden there's a real chance that the players are fully unlocked. So thank you guys for talking through that because it was mm. I was thinking about it a little bit over the last few days because I'm sure it's something a lot of people have considered about just digs and players in general. Up there. You just want it, you want it to be fun. That That's yeah. really what that comes down to. You don't want this to be boring. You want to change to bring up something good. And it's just sometimes it just doesn't matter. One other thing I was looking at, I because I I pulled up his stats just because I wanted to make sure I wasn't wrong about this. He, Josh Allen, he's got a lot of rushing touchdowns, but he hasn't been running quite as much this year. He's only got four games over seventeen yards. It's two forty six on wow. the year, so I don't know if that's an intentional thing. They were trying to keep him from running as much, um, but and his high on the year is only like forty six yards. Uh, so in a game, so I, I, I don't know if maybe that changes a little, maybe we do see more of the, uh, you know, Josh Allen rushing that we're used to. 
Um, or like I said, maybe it's just a, uh, an intentional kind of trying to keep, you know, their super high priced quarterback safe right. um, from injury and stuff. So maybe that doesn't change, but just something to look out for. Sure. Thank you for going off on a long tangent. on that. <laughs> Appreciate it, guys. All right. So, now is at the point where I let the guest decide what do you want to do next? Do you want to do listener questions or trade addicts traits? Oh man. Um, I didn't do any preparation on the listener questions. So if we want to have some, uh, we fun, don't do pro. Oh, I don't actually read them before yeah. anyway. I did. I read all of the questions and I did. I did the, don't worry. Today, N- nobody so. does crap on this show. Ronnie. No, none whatsoever. <laughs> Especially the host, let's, but even most of the, the listener. Let's do the listener. <laughs> the, and sure. the only reason I put a show sheet together is because the amount of dead air there would be while I'd be clicking through the leagues to try and yeah. see where the <laughs> trades were. And I don't want to edit that out. Dude, well, I appreciate it as an advocate of mental health and my personal struggle with anxiety. It helped me to like know a little bit about where we were going with the conversation. <laughs> we're here for you. Thank you. Uh, so the first question at Roto Heat Craig, not going for your mental health right now when will the buy the dip period for sky more turn into enjoy the rip period yeah um rocky you want me to just take the floor on this one i feel like this was oh, yeah. specifically yeah. asked by i think craig, so who is yeah. a, I, who is a total I feel rascal like he looked you in the eyes when, when yeah he well this. craig is a bona fide rascal and a certified just rap scallion in the fantasy <laughs> football space so i expect nothing less from him i i was surprised when he asked this question that it wasn't accompanied with one of those fantastic gifts that he always does where he puts a person's face on top of a moving image um rap scallion is an underused word by the way yeah right he craig fantastic fantastic just yeah. <laughs> um, he's the man, but honest to goodness. Yeah. So like when Sky Moore was drafted before he went into the draft, I fell in love with the guy's draft profile as a hypothetical burst. And, and it's same with a lot of people, right? It wasn't just me. I, I feel okay about that. But I got caught in the sauce with Sky Moore because I got on Reddit before the NFL draft and made this big prediction that he was going to get drafted by the Chiefs in the second round. <laughs> and it happened. And I just was like convinced by the universe that this had to be my guy. And I was going to ride or die it all the way through until it was either clearly something or clearly not. And I hate to say it, but for about a month and a half now, it's been clearly not. And for people that want to pretend like they can see the future, it was clearly not last year. But his profile coming into the league was a guy that was going to take 12 to 16 months to get acclimated to the NFL. And we're at that point, he's not acclimated yet. So I'm out. Um, Sky Moore has been a rough ride, but when you take a shot on a guy who has a very low floor and a lot of groundwork to catch up to, to being a relevant NFL talent in the first place, this is always a risk. See, what I love about this specific situation with Sky Moore, I, I, I was very unhappy when the Chiefs drafted him. Like, I, it felt wrong at the time, mm-hmm. but... Again, showing how old, you know, or how long ago I really paid attention to football was. There was always so many players that were the wide receiver two or the, you know, pass catcher two, depending on who was there at the time. And you're like, once they leave Kansas City, they'll be good. You know, there was like Cedric Wilson, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Chris Conley. And, and now it's, I could just say that like, as soon as Sky Moore leaves, he'll be good, man. As soon as Sky Moore leaves, he'll be good. It's just, he needs a place that will let him shine. And it's the Travis Kelsey or it was Dwayne Bowe season or, you know, Jamal Charles season or whatever. And try, so, like, 
I'm telling you, Sky Moore is going to go somewhere else and it'll be his time. I could totally see that. And I will go back and share this exact segment with my friend, Jeff DiMatteo, because he and I have been talking about exactly what you just said for about seven or eight months now. Just kind of Andy Reid's system presents challenges for a lot of receivers, most receivers actually, that go into that system struggle. And so, yeah, I can see it. See, there you go. Next, at Messi Messick. Oh, so I asked, uh, you know, what should we talk about? What questions do you have? And then I asked, uh, are you decorated for Christmas yet? If not, when? Um, And that's mostly because the day after Halloween, my daughter started asking. And I'm like, Elle, the the Halloween stuff is still out. (laughs) No. And and like, she's like, but I I love Halloween, but I love Christmas. And I'm like, "You, you, you tell me when. You tell me when you're ready to go outside and take down the stuff for Halloween, and then we will start decorating for Christmas. And that actually, like, she did it. She's like, Daddy, oh, wow. This past oh, weekend, she's like, Daddy, let's go do it. And I'm like, oh, I have to, because I told you to tell me, and you're doing it. And it would be wrong of me to say no. So we took down all the Halloween stuff. We don't have that much, so it was nice and easy. But then, you know, the tree came out, and ornaments, and, like, so, yeah, my upstairs is mostly Christmas already. Dude, shout out to your daughter though. As a lower school educator myself, the like usually when you throw manual labor in front of a kid's ambition, they abandon the ambition. And uh, she powered through. That's, that's oh, no, cool. she she likes to prove points, and whether good or bad, she will go to the ends of the earth to prove those points. Whether it is being the sweetest, most dedicated person, or just being the worst brat in the world, she will just. So what you're saying is she's eventually going to be an absolute menace on the trade block in fantasy football. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. And she's the one that watches football with me, not my son. So, like, yes, she absolutely will. Um, so, messy messy. Day after Halloween, my wife had the lights up. I I was almost there, but thankfully my daughter was a little too lazy. <laughs> uh, so he asks, is Sam, is Sam Howell a Dynasty QB1? Can't deny he has been killing it, even with getting sacked a hundred times. How do you miss he's been killing it while getting killed? Like, you had it right (laughs) there. Um, If not, where do you guys have him ranked? Thanks for the great content. Aw, thanks. Um, So I guess, first, Ronnie, do you actually do any sort of rankings? Because I don't, so it's always tough to answer when people ask these questions. I will do them sporadically when it serves, like, my purpose in the moment. Um, and I keep a running spreadsheet that's loose. But if you put a gun to my head and said, show me your rankings for this week, no, I don't have them. So the answer is no, but I try to keep a rolling list. All right. So I pulled up November. Oh, wow. Yeah. They have uh, November ADP on DLF. Sam Howell, QB 17. So I'm going to start reading. I'm going to start going up. And you tell you guys tell me when, you, when to stop. Um, Sam Howell or Will Levis? I'll take Levis. No, wait. Did I just say that? Sorry. <laughs> I'll take Sam Howell. Yeah, I, I knew the answer, Rocky, but I still made you answer. <laughs> um, same. Howell or Bryce Young? Mm-hmm. Bryce Young. <laughs> That's a, dude, all right, here's a great example of tra- – If this is situational for me. If I was a team that was in a winning championship window, like I could see over the next two to three years – I, I could win a championship. I'd want Sam Howell. But yeah, Bryce Young's a better overall prospect and his ceiling is higher, so I'd probably stick with Bryce. 
Yeah, and it's his rookie year. This is, I mean, this is Sam Howe's second year too. Bryce Young could be playing a lot better in 2024 also. Sure. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't have um, a good coach. Brock Purdy. Correct. Why are you doing this to me, Russ? Because <laughs> that's the next player on Brock the list. Brock Purdy and Sam Howe. Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> list. These are two guys I've been hating on for a while. Um, and uh, I, I'm looking very wrong on Sam Howe. But, um, God, that is tough. I mean, I'll say right I, away, I, I'll take Howell because I believe there's more upside with Howell than there is with Purdy. Purdy that was is exactly safe. what I was going to say. Purdy, like, I still think Purdy is what he is, and I think we're seeing that. Like, he's never going to be a great quarterback. I don't think Sam Howell is, but I think he there's a chance. Maybe not great, but, but a higher ceiling than Brock Purdy. I think this is a situation where if Sam Howell had declared a year earlier, this it would be easily Sam Howell because of his overall um, just draft process. But with the way things shaked out with him, I don't. I would go. I would actually disagree with you guys, and I'd only go with Purdy because they're roughly equal to me. I don't love either of them, but I love the 49ers and I love their coach a hell of a lot more than I love the other franchise and what they have going on. I just look as Purdy is more of a product of Shanahan than, than of course Sam Howell is a product of anything other than Sam Howell. So if you wanted me to bet on the player in an isolated vacuum, of course I would take Sam Howell over Purdy for sure. Um, but I will say that Sam, you're right. Sam Howell should have come in because when Dayami Brown leaves, you just leave also. Yeah, he <laughs> might have been the first overall guy if he had gone out. Like, uh, probably wouldn't and, have been, but like, he, he he had. It. He was, yeah. that was his time to go. He messed up. Yeah. So. Um, so like, and here's the thing. Here's why it's tough to put Howell top 12, even though how he's scoring. I'm just going to read these names starting at QB 13 at this point, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, Dak Prescott, CJ Stroud up at QB 10 Tua, Trevor Lawrence, who's probably going to drop pretty. I, I have. Yeah, I did. I love the other trade that's coming up from the trade addicts. Um, so With like Lawrence. I, uh, I recorded Dynasty Wall Street today also, and I brought Trevor Lawrence to the table, and it just made me sad <laughs> <laughs> because he's doing well enough for real life. He's just not a fantasy quarterback, and it's just rough. But still, yeah. like you're not taking Sam Howell over any of those guys, and the thing is it's not necessarily Sam Howell's fault at that point. Like We're pretty top-loaded, and even though, yeah, Joe Burrow is QB4 in Dynasty and QB24 in scoring – you're not pushing Howell up there just because he's outscoring Joe Burrow this year. I mean, like yes, that's, that's so not, that would be incredibly reactionary. Yeah. That's not really how that works. So like, yeah, Sam Howell <laughs> is around that QB 15 area. And I, even though he's scoring better than that dynasty wise, that's where he belongs for the pure reason. I'll give you two reasons. Commanders. Reason enough. And two, because, you know, when you're that low drafted and, I mean, I really do think that I'm real. Okay. I'm really hoping that Rivera goes away and the enemy just gets promoted and becomes the head coach. But when that happens, you can change and go get your guy and do whatever. So like, there's a chance that Howell can very easily not be the dude soon, but he's scoring well enough that the very first point that Ronnie brought up, if you're competing, you push him up this a little bit. But if we're talking dynasty, pure dynasty value, I think he's stuck in that 15, 16, 17 area. Yeah. Rocky, with you. Rocky I've been talking a ton. And I feel like I haven't given you a chance to jump <laughs> in too much. I, no, I yeah. hear Rocky talk anyway. It's fine. <laughs> I was just going to say, I just, 
I was not a big Sam Howe fan coming out. I, I, I have to turn around a little bit just because of how he's producing for fantasy. I still think he has issues as a real-life NFL quarterback. Uh, he's throwing too many picks or, or too many balls that could be picked. And he's certainly taking plenty of sacks. I, and I know the line isn't great. I don't think that's all the line. Oh, no, 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 no. Like, it's been looked at where he does hold the ball far too long and gets himself in trouble. Yeah, just, exactly. Dude, as, as a Russell Wilson truther, his entire football career going back to freaking middle school, it's same how the same problem Russ had. Yeah, it's the so same thing. I, I'm not totally uh, – I'm not having take lock and saying he just sucks because that's the way I was treating him as he came out. I was not a fan. I thought he was a fifth-round pick, and he was never going to be anything. And obviously, he's something. Um, he's going to start this whole year. I think he's probably going to start next year because the, we've talked about this. I think they're in the 12-ish range. I, I don't know that they're necessarily getting a – 10 now okay i don't know that they're trading up to get one of the top uh you know williams or, or may and i don't know that anybody they're gonna you know with the way sam i think he's leading the league in passing yards but the way he's playing yes. right now i don't think they're gonna even try and replace him i think they're just gonna probably roll him the next year hope he keeps improving um so you get at least two years out of him which is way more than i thought you were ever gonna get out of him so uh, I, I'm not super on the, the Sam Howell train. I'm not acquiring him anywhere, but I am willing to, to start, you know, thinking that I'm taking the L here on Sam Howell. Cause I was not, I was yeah. not a fan. Yeah. All right. So next question. <laughs> At Dynasty Legs, what's Dobbs long-term outlook? Um, and he says, I'll start putting up the lights this weekend, but I'm not turning them on until Black Friday. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have any Tennessee stuff. Around me right now, that's a yeah, mistake. As a diehard Balls fan, this is interesting because you kind of talked about this on last last week's podcast. We talked about Dobbs, and you thought Russ that you thought he could have more long term than, than what I was thinking. I mean, like he's it, could it's he, always could be the new fits. <laughs> it's in, like he's he's impressive. Like again, I have no idea how much of this is, you know. They always say, like, the Mike Vicks and, like, all of these rushing quarterbacks. It's just like you walk on the field and you're just the best athlete there is. So you take the ball into your own hands. You do what you have to do. I don't know if these past two weeks have just been that for him where he's just like, I don't know this offense yet, so I'm just going to need to figure it out and go as I go. And that's why he's making these ridiculous plays that just happen to work out because – he is good at scrambling, and let's face it, we know for a fact the dude is smart. Like, I'm not saying he's playing his way into being the Vikings starter, but I would love it. Um, because I think Cousins is done after this year anyway. Dude, um, all right, here's a scenario. He wins them too many games to get an elite quarterback in next year's class. Yeah. Is he I, starter next year? I could see that happening. Well, I mean, Minnesota's already, you know – Six and four. I mean, they're not getting anything this year. Um, right. right. So, I guess my, my mindset was without Dobbs, they probably lose every game for the rest of the year. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and honestly, in a year where you have to wait, 2020, 21, 22, 23, in a year where you're going to have to afford, did Justin Jefferson get paid yet? No. So in a year where you're going to have to afford Justin Jefferson, yeah, you'll ride Josh Dobbs if he's playing well. Like that's – so long-term as in another year, cool. That's great. I mean, he might just be the next 
Bridgewater-esque player or, you know, that's exactly maybe even is. Baker, where like maybe Baker does become the starter in Tampa for another year or two or Goff-esque, where he just finds a great fit and like lasts there. That's optimistic because we've seen this happen plenty of times. And just because you do pretty well doesn't mean you have your job next year when you're not under contract. So I, it's very much optimism for me in wanting to think that that Dobbs is just going to keep going. Um, I, I love the story. I love the pasture not, you know, I love the whole NASA thing. I'm here for it. So I, I want it to happen. And I think it can. And, and again, especially never really thinking about it until I said it out loud, like he'll be cheap and you yeah. need to pay a lot of money to, to Justin Jefferson, having no idea what their cap is like or what other players they might have to pay. So yeah. And then they just had to pay Daniel Hunter. I am I am pretty sure if they don't do something about Kirk Cousins as well, or even if they move him, they're stuck with dead cap from him as well. There's actually, I think, a lot of credence to what you brought up there, Russ. So I I would love it. Any of you guys have uh, strong feelings on Dobbs, yay or nay? Yeah. I watched him. Yeah. Rocky, you go, man. No, I'm saying you can go. I'm good. I, I don't have okay. strong feelings in Josh Dobbs. All right, I do. I like as a Balls fan, I watched him his entire career at Tennessee. Uh, I have also met him in person uh, randomly at a Taco Mac here in Atlanta, and uh, super, super nice guy. That was a few years ago. He was in between jobs in the actual NFL, mm-hmm. and here he is, just like lighting. He's the story of the NFL right now. Um, that kid in when he was in college, I never once thought that he was going to be anything in the NFL his entire career all my Tennessee homerism baked into that because he could not he could not stay accurate on a consistent level once his entire career uh all through college it was an absolute just total roll of the dice on what you were going to get each week but when I look back at his tenure at Tennessee he was he, he was being held down by some of the worst coaching in the SEC at the time we obviously have seen that come to fruition with Alvin Kamara and a few other players over the last couple of years. But I'm with Russ. I have a really, really strong opinion on Josh Dobbs. And that is that if you're in a dynasty league and you roster him right now, and anyone is willing to give you anything for him, take it. Just do it. This is this isn't going to be a thing. Like it's it's not going to continue. But he will be the Ryan Fitzpatrick of Russian four quarterbacks, and I bet you his name is going to continue to pop up here and there over the next five or six seasons. Yeah, yeah, I'm starting to become. Just last week, I wasn't. I was kind of uh, putting down that idea that Russ was bringing up, but yeah, I'm kind of starting to feel that too. That like he's a, he's at least going to be a guy that pops up every year with a chance to be a starter somewhere. Well, he's uh, too smart not to acclimate to whatever playbooks in front. Yeah. of Yeah, and that was true in college as well. All right, so we had we have at DFF underscore S Jonathan zero two. I love that Jonathan just pops in here to grinch it up. Decorating <laughs> for Christmas happens after Thanksgiving. That's all he says. Like he didn't have a question. He didn't. He he's right. Yeah, best comment of the whole show. <laughs> I mean, like it's you know I used to feel that way. I still feel that way about Christmas music because I despise it all. Oh God, um, the Christmas music comes out in like September now. Yeah. And some, on some Russ, you're jaded by love for a child. Your opinion on this is in No, it really what it is. I, I'm jaded by just laziness and apathy where it's just like, whatever, man, do what makes you happy. I'm not going to argue this because it doesn't matter. Like that, that's really where it started. 
And, you know, my daughter asking me to do it in the beginning of November is me just being lazy and not wanting to have to do it because it's a lot of work. Yeah. Did you like, hang up even Christmas just like yet? bringing things upstairs is just so much effort. It's ugh. do you do outdoor lights on the gutters and everything? Nope. No. Um, the only thing Smart. we do, we have, you know, a railing down the front steps. So we'll, I'll, I'll wrap lights around that, but I am not getting on a ladder. I, yeah. I choose life. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, 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 my wife knows better than to even think about me doing that. If it came down to us having needing lights on the house, we would pay someone to do it. Like it's, <laughs> I, I think I'm that's not meant for those things. Yeah. Totally Railings as far as we go too. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. That's it. I'm not doing all that. I live in I live in a, like a, like a row home kind of thing anyway, so I got nowhere to put stuff anyway except on the railing. Yeah, I love the I've seen the picture online for years at this point where someone just like attached one side of the Christmas lights to one side of the gutter and dropped them all on the floor and put a card a cardboard cut out of the Grinch stealing them. <laughs> I'm just like brilliant that because that is hilarious and lazy and I love it. Uh, way to give up and just get creative with it. Nice. Last question at Dynasty Beach Boy Kenny. I'm on a contender and have George Kittle and Evan Engram in tight end premium league. Do I start them both every week over some of my other viable starters? I feel like Kittle is such boom or bust tight end, and Evan Engram is more consistent. Um, I start both of them because exactly why you said it's it's premium, so you you get the extra points. So even mostly when Kittle busts, it's still like wide receiver three numbers except for like one or two games where he felt like goose egging but like you also get 130 yards and a touchdown or three catches for 60 yards and three touchdowns like you have Kittle on your team you play him and I just I've always liked it well I've always liked Engram on the Jaguars I wasn't the biggest fan of Engram the Giant I was about to say, like, no, because that's not fair, because, of course, I rode his rookie year, you know, also. But, like, <laughs> you knew that wasn't real. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was a, he was like, a red herring. Yeah, uh, like, he worked into the Jaguars offense, and he did it pretty quickly. So, like, I, I – and I like Trevor Lawrence. I like that offense. So, like, I believe that's real. So, I, I play both of them. And maybe if you can get someone – a cute, a tight end needy team that's willing to overpay for one of them, sure, move one. But – Man, like I don't put either of them on my bench. Yeah, and I'm super impressed with the way Ingram has been. I think I mentioned this before, but the way he's been able to command targets still, but adding another significant weapon to that offense uh, in in Calvin Ridley, at least so, a name, at least. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say like what we thought significant. Yeah, well, I mean, he's yeah, he's not he been he I mean, he's not he's been great. amazing he's been, like he's like Russ horrible. likes to think he is, but yeah, he's not been horrible. He's, he's had a few good games. For fantasy, he has. He started off looking like he was absolutely what we thought the premium. Oh, yeah, week one. Oh, I was riding so high week one. <laughs> oh, it's tough. It's been a fall. Calvin Ridley is uh, averaging I... 10.5 points per game. That's yeah, not like you bought him you as a wide receiver two. Horrible. They'll want to play as a wide receiver. Wide receiver 43. Okay, it's horrible. Yeah, that, that's horrible. <laughs> Rocky, that sucks. We bought him. As a wide receiver two that was going to win us leagues as a wide receiver one, and he's playing like a wide receiver five. So I, I mostly like bought him for like a second <laughs> while he was suspended, but yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I oh, I guess I'm I'm commenting on redraft. No, but like redraft he's also just was like, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver league winner this year. That was the narrative. 
Yeah, I never thought that anyway. So, all right. So, but Ronnie, your your ideas on what happens if you have too many good tight ends in a tight end premium league? Nothing. Um, here's the, I actually I love the question because he's like, should I start these guys every week or should I like? And then he didn't tell us about the rest of his team. <laughs> I brought this up I think when I was on the show with you and Andrew Rocky. It's like, I cannot help you if you ask me for trade advice and you do not give me context about your roster construction in the league. I don't know. Like, what do you have, Sky Moore? Are you trying to decide starting Evan Ingram over Sky? We'll do that. But over, like, Calvin Ridley, for example, each week? Like, I don't know. Like, I, it depends entirely on the rest of your roster. Well, we so if you want to DM me, over do it on Twitter. I got you. <laughs> no, um, but- I, I mean, viable starters. Yeah, like, I don't care. I, I viable doesn't make me feel good. QB. Uh, I mean, I keep saying QB. Like tight end three and tight end five. That makes me feel good. So, like, especially in the tight end premium league. So, yeah, I, I start the good guys. Yeah, of course. I yeah. wouldn't. I wouldn't bench Ingram for anything less. If if it's like, it also depends if it's half point or full point tight end premium. How heavy the advantage is, but. I don't know. I you would need to jump outside or into the the one or two range for running back or wide receiver for me to start somebody over in a premium scenario. Yeah, trade addicts leagues are 0.75 premium, Kittle, tight end five, Engram, tight end six in points per game, both fifteen and change points per game. Like chances are you don't have a random dude like your eleventh yeah. best player on your team isn't putting up fifteen points per game. Yeah, you're probably starting both of them every week in those scenarios for sure. Um, then he asked, when will you have Frank on the show? We asked. Frank said he likes being the man behind the curtain. <laughs> Frank, you got to come on. He, he, no, let him be happy. He's happy back there. Let him let him do what makes him comfortable. Um, but you are absolutely welcome on if you want, Frank. Um, and then he says, yes, slowly. Like that, that to me is such a dangerous thing to – if I start decorating slowly, that means I'm going to do two or three things and then stop for two weeks. So like yeah. it, it it's go or don't for me. That's just how my brain works. So that that's a very dangerous answer for me. Russ, I just pictured you with like one of those assembly artificial Christmas trees that comes in three pieces, two thirds, putting up putting up the base of it and leaving it for two weeks and coming back and putting the second piece. Yeah, no, that that yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> those things are a pain in the ass, but like, yes. that that's what we have. <laughs> <laughs> But it's more of a pain in the ass to go buy a Christmas tree. Oh, I am not dealing with a real exactly. tree. Exactly. We've all. done it like twice in like the 20 years since I've had kids. So literally never. Yeah. <laughs> Did it the worst. All right. So that is the last of our listener questions. We're going to move on to trade addicts trades. Trade addicts leagues, 12 team Superflex PPR tight end premium, 1.75 points per tight end reception, 0.05 points for return yardage. Except for TA1, but we don't have any of those trades. So TA2, this one happened while we started recording already. But it was more interesting than the crappy TA2 trade we had up there, so I replaced it. <laughs> Najee Harris for Kendry Miller and a second. Um, so, like, Najee Harris comes in, finally scores a touchdown to make it seem like he had a pretty decent game. But then also it got announced that Jalen Warren is the starter, which doesn't mean anything. Like, any player can be the first dude to, like, be the running back on the first snap. That doesn't mean anything. But Jalen Warren just looks better. Like, yeah. and, and he's more what that team needs because of how bad that line is. But 
Kendra Miller in a second isn't a bad price to pay for Najee Harris if you like Najee Harris. Like I, I'm fine with this. I don't think I would do it just because I don't know what I would what my team would look like if I need to start Najee Harris, and I don't know if I'd feel great about it at that point. So like I think I stick with the second just because that's what would I would want, and maybe Kendra becomes a thing next year. I think I'm kind of with you. I think this is fine. And he's actually, even with Warren being more involved, he's actually come on a little bit as he's putting up more RB two numbers over the last month or so. Uh, Najee Harris double digits in every game. He had one clunker in there, seven carries for 13 yards, but he had five catches that game. And then every other game he's had uh, at, at least he's had a touchdown. He's had 14 to 16 carries. Uh, so He's producing now, at least more closer to what we expect. He's not, he's not ever going to be, I think, an RB one again. But no. he's putting up solid RB two numbers the last month after a horrific start to the year where he was just like five points, five points, six points, five points. So uh, hey, you missed an eleven in there. That's true. I was trying to make a point, Russ. <laughs> no, but ever since the buy, sixteen, ten, sixteen, eighteen. Like yeah, yeah, you're right. He's he's putting up decent numbers now. So I think that's perfectly fine. Like, especially if the, if you think the second's mid to late. Like, I, I'm not a big uh, believer in Kendra Miller anyway. So it, it it I'm fine with it. But it's not like something I'm actively looking to to go get Najee at this point. Ronnie. Um. Yeah, I went and looked at my notes, and I was like, "Ooh, this one snuck in after I did my homework." So, yes. uh That's what you I get for doing homework. I can speak to what it's like to own Najee in the dynasty league. And uh, it sucked. <laughs> uh, Especially the beginning of the year. Yeah. Analysis. It's been okay moving forward, but even moving forward, like the last five weeks, I have watched every Steelers game and I have left thinking to myself, I do not like holding the bag on Najee right now. Like, I don't like what the next 16 months look like. I don't like what it looks like over the next two seasons for him. And uh, yeah, I, uh, I actually forget what the trade was, but I would take the side with Warren if that's available. <laughs> well, no, but um, <laughs> Najee for a second and Kendra Miller. Oh, um, yeah, I would take that because it's a 2024 second. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, dude, there's there's 13 or 14 guys in next year's class. I don't It's another discussion for another podcast. But the homework I have done on next year's class and the people I trust that I have talked to, it might be like a once in a decade class, like genuinely. Uh, I know everyone says that every year. That's the narrative. It's not. This is like a ridiculous draft class. So I was very excited. Any any NFL player that's remotely has a downward downward trajectory right now, I'll, I'll, I'll take a top 24 pick next year for them. I don't care. I'm in. It's funny, they're producing almost the same, but it's a lot more fun to, to roster Jalen Warren than it is not Oh, absolutely. Yes. He's so much more fun to watch. <laughs> yeah. Because you're happy when Jalen Warren scores points. You're you're unhappy when Najee scores the same amount. Yeah. So, so okay, so the next one is Trade Addicts 3. And this one, there, you know, it's a little long one, so we're gonna have to pay attention. Derek Carr, mm. Christian Kirk, and Debo Samuel for Jordan Love, Ty J Spears, and Nico Collins. Oh, and a 24-fourth, but, you know, whatever. That was the key to the trade, Russ. The key to the trade. <laughs> Derek Carr, Christian Kirk, and Debo Samuel for Jordan Love, Ty J. Spears, Nico Collins, and a fourth. Ronnie, go. You did homework. I haven't looked at this yet. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, first of all, 
Nico Collins, if you go on Fantasy Pros, which is, I, in my opinion, the like the most industry consensus place to find like the layman's answers for things, the Nico Collins is a wide receiver thirty-five in Dynasty, according to the consensus of experts. That is low for me. I have been on the Nico Collins train since he was drafted. I, he is like Terry McLaurin. He hasn't had a quarterback until this year. Terry McLaurin, if he ever had C.J. Stroud throwing the ball to him, he would be a wide receiver one. So I don't agree with him being a wide receiver 35, and I'm bringing him up because him and Tajay Spears, actually, to me, are the most important two players in this this entire trade. And I don't need to elaborate more. This has been a long episode. I'll, I'll just be quiet here. But I want trades that give me the best players. I don't care about the rest of it. And the two best players, in my opinion, for Dynasty right now, long, long term, are probably Ty J. Spears' upside and Nico Collins more specifically. Um, as I said that, I am like walking back on my logic that just came out of my mouth a little bit yep. because Debo Samuel is probably the, the best name value in this class. Uh, if this is Superflex, is it? Mm-hmm. It is? Okay, so in a Superflex league, obviously everything I just said is completely irrelevant. Um I don't know. I would love to hear y'all's thoughts on this, and I would love to digest this again in, from a Superflex angle first. But my hunch is still on the Nico Collins side. Real quick, before Rocky starts talking. Uh, November ADP, Nico Collins, wide receiver 22. But listen to this. The earliest oh, he was drafted was pick 24. The latest he was drafted was pick 56. That is a range. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, that was one QB, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I was going to say, that sounded insane at first when you said 24. Wide receiver 22, like, though, makes way yeah. more sense to yes. me right now than the wide receiver 35 I saw on Fantasy Pros. And you were mentioning the super flex. I mean, that doesn't actually change a ton to me because neither one of these quarterbacks has a ton of value to me, even in super flex. I am not a Jordan Love fan. I'm not a Derek Carr fan. Uh, so they kind of, they almost cancel each other out to me. I don't. Derek Carr actually might have uh, more long-term viability than Jordan Love. So uh, despite the age difference, you, uh, maybe you, I think, I think, do you like Jordan Love more than I do? I can't remember if we talked about this before. Uh, no, I don't okay. like either of these. I'm the same as That's you. That's what I'm saying. Like the, okay. I don't, I don't want I was the face you were giving me there. I was like, don't have yeah. a share of either of these quarterbacks across. And to me, players. like, I like Nico Collins, but I, I think you're underselling how good Christian Kirk has been this year. And that's why when I bet, yeah. when I was backpacking, I looked back at yeah. Christian Kirk and Debo. And Debo was a real nice piece too. And since the quarterbacks cancel each other out, I'd rather have Kirk and Debo over, especially if I'm trying to, to win over Tajay and Nico. I'm guessing this has to do with a, you know, points, you know, someone's trying to score points. Someone's yeah. trying to, to rebuild, obviously uh, yeah, all the younger yeah. players are on the other side. Uh, but I still think, I don't think it's a bad return for those guys, actually, because Debo's hard to get anything for right now. Um, so and this happened before this past week where Debo did really, really well. Yeah. So I, I think it's a pretty fair trade. Um, I'm fine with taking the other side, though. I mean, Kirk and Debo are not old. Uh, they are 26, 27 range, I believe. Uh, so they still got plenty of years left, even if neither of them is going to be a superstar. Uh, I don't know that Nico Collins or Tajay Spears is going to be a superstar either. So, uh, and like I said, to me, the quarterbacks cancel each other out. Just because Jordan Love's younger doesn't make me think like he might not, like I said, have as many starting years in the league left as Derek Carr does. 
Yeah, and, and everything Rocky said, but like, thanks. Like, <laughs> like I feel like this is this this is perfect for a team wanting to get older and a team wanting to get well, not getting older, but a team wanting points and a team wanting to get younger. It makes sense for both of them. I think value wise, it's probably pretty fair. Might lean a little bit towards the points, but not enough to make me not do it for any any reason. Um, like like Rocky said, you have two wide receivers that are going to produce more than their dynasty value will probably ever get again. Um, but the thing is, like, you can sell a lot of these young names on hope where, you know, maybe love is a little tough because yeah, it's not the beginning of the season anymore. He's not throwing, you know, a touchdown every four passes. Um, but Ty J Spears, like they're using him as a receiving back. He could be the future running back for Tennessee. And if Will Levis gets a little better and starts actually running, you know, we keep we brought up Alfred Morris like three times this show. It's really good being a good running back behind a rushing quarterback, you know. So like that's a good sell. Nico Collins is playing well enough to be a good sell. So even if you don't like or believe in these guys, I think they help your rebuild, even if it just means moving them in the future for something different. But also I think Derek Carr, Christian Kirk, and Debo Samuel are going to score a lot of points. Um, in which case I hate this trade for that team because I want to win TA3 and that does not help me win TA3. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would, if I can add in to uh, considering the trade, like future roster movement is no longer a factor in most leagues. This is typically going to be the trade deadline. Um, oh yeah, we don't do that. Yeah, in most of my leagues, the trade deadline is like in two days. Um, Gross. But in trade addicts, you guys don't have trade deadlines, no. correct? Yeah, no. yeah. So in that scenario, I would still sit. I, I, I did in Dynasty. I'm still going the Ty J Spears, Nico Collins. Set. I want the ascending assets. I don't care how good. But the argument I would make to myself if I wanted the Christian Kirk Debo side is that I can go sell Christian Kirk and Debo for more. Um, over the next few weeks. That'd be it. Yeah. All right. So we move on next to Trade Addicts 5, where the trade was Christian Watson for Marquise Brown and a 24th third. Now, this hurt my soul because I did this trade. I got rid of Christian Watson for Marquise Brown and, and the third. Um, and what, I, what I've been doing is every trade I make in a Trade Addicts League, I donate $1 to Fantasy – well, I will donate to $1 to Fantasy Cares at the end of the season. Um, so I tweeted it out saying I did this because I needed points. And then Marquise Brown catches one ball. (laughs) (laughs) The funniest part of all of that is I forgot to start him this week. (laughs) That's the way to do it. So blind luck, you know, that (laughs) happens, but, um, yeah, like I'm, the, my share of Christian Watson here, because this is still sort of a rebuilding team, but I'm doing well enough. I still have my first this year and next year, but like I'm, I'm middling. So like maybe I'll try a little bit to win. And especially with Kyler coming back, Marquise is, you know, Rocky and I are always big Hollywood fans. And with Kyler coming back, hopefully he can do even better than he's been doing pretty well. Uh, of course, that didn't happen this week. And like, I think I might just not be good on Christian Watson. It was my one of my just-in-case shares, and I feel very bleh about him. I'm with you. I, I you know, not surprisingly, because like I said, like you said, we're both Hollywood <laughs> Brown guys. And yeah, this week was, uh, you throw it out, but uh, Kyler's going to be, Kyler back is going to be good for Hollywood in the long run. And 
Dude, I am starting to lose faith in in Christian Watson myself. I was a little higher, I think, on him than most when he came out. And I just think without a good quarterback there, and I don't think Jordan Love is a particularly good quarterback, it's going to be tough for him to kind of fulfill his potential. I Yeah, Christian Watson for me is uh, – he's his variance is always really hard to buy into in Dynasty because even going back to college, he made a lot of his bread and butter off of touchdowns, and he, we saw that his rookie year. Like, <laughs> like half the reason, if not all of the reason he was relevant was because of his touchdown rate. And um, it doesn't mean he's not explosive. He's not an electric player. He's incredibly athletic. But – there are enough warts to his game that I agree with you. He is very dependent on quarterback play. And then on top of that, when you have a quarterback to play a dependent player, you also need target backings to pair with them. Romeo Dobbs and Jaden Reed, like they're good. Mm-hmm. They're not bad players. So Christian Watson is hard for me to buy right now in Dynasty. I don't, I don't think I might have one share of him. Um, I, I'm not going to go take time to look. But Marquise Brown, I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna butter you guys up for a second. <laughs> I love him, first of all. <laughs> I think he I think he is a very, very underappreciated player in Dynasty. Yep. Um also an underappreciated talent in NFL talking head circles. Uh he's he's a good player. Like he's not elite or anything, but if you were going to cut out the elite like top quadrant of wide receivers in the NFL and then take out everyone else that doesn't matter. He's one of the names that sits right in that range of guys that I would invest in because they don't cost a lot. They have a, I I think, a fairly guaranteed future for the next three to five years in the NFL as a relevant player on a roster. And Kyler Murray has, despite how stupid he is when it comes to like prioritizing video games versus football, the guy has, when he has played football, he's been like a top five quarterback not just seasonally like all time like ever in fantasy i i don't need to say that i just give me the barkey's brown side of this trade this is a stupid discussion otherwise points per game he has never finished worse than qb6 yeah dude he's he is one of the greatest fantasy quarterbacks of all time I just also have to say, I love the amount of save Ferris talk going on in the chat <laughs> of this YouTube stream right now. Just got to point out that I love it. I wonder if I, I can pull save Ferris. All right. So we're going to jump over to TA6 now. And this was interesting Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence. Oh, real quick. Before, I mean, we're talking about Kyler Murray now anyway, but few, just like, if you didn't already believe that the NFL is scripted completely, like they made the commercials at the beginning of the year to try and like make you think it's a joke they're in on when no, they're just trying to throw you off the scent. Like <laughs> Kyler Murray comes back from injury and starts the day of a call of duty release. Come <laughs> on now. Like <sighs> seriously, like try a little harder NFL. Like, <laughs> Russ, did Don't you see be my so post? obvious. See my post where I put Carlos Mencia and like Kyler Murray is coming back the same week as in a, a Call of Duty because I saw no less than I think 36 people on Twitter make that exact same joke leading up to this week. But dude, I agree. I agree. It's it's, it's lazy run. And we know the NFL is rigged at this point. 
I mean, maybe so, like this was like during the writer strike when they just had to throw some stuff together. <laughs> and this was, like only thing Roger Goodell could think of, and he probably thought it was hilarious. I, I, and but I will also say I I was uh, on Kyler Murray when he was injured, and a lot of it it more had to do on the Cardinals than it did for Kyler himself. Because I've always acknowledged that Kyler is good when he plays. He got he gets injured a bit, you know, and I, I will not equate running quarterbacks and injuries or anything like that, especially because they seem to injure their shoulders. <laughs> They're throwing shoulders when they throw the ball. Um, but again, to bring back, bringing up Trevor Lawrence in Dynasty Wall Street today, Kyler Murray's name was brought up, and I put Kyler above Trevor Lawrence in general. Um, wow. I... Yeah. He's really good for fantasy. Like Trevor Lawrence could very well be a better real life quarterback. Not to say, I mean, Kyler's very good as an actual quarterback. You know, he's not just a a runner of the ball and all of that stuff. So like Kyler is good. Trevor Lawrence, he's not running the ball, you know, like he, he has the capability to, that dude's legs are so long. He could take three steps and get 10 yards. (laughs) He's a giraffe. And and then fall forward. And if they count his hair, he gets an extra couple of yards also. (laughs) Um, so like, I, I, I think at this point, Kyler Murray's back, Kyler Murray's playing, they're not tanking, they're, they're crashing for Caleb or whatever clever thing you want to say, which means Kyler's going to score some points. I think I put Kyler above Trevor Lawrence. I get that if you're rebuilding, you're getting some years back. Not enough to make me want to do this though. Like, I think I just keep Kyler here. I, and it still makes me so sad because I love Trevor Lawrence. I'm with you, especially with the Kirk Cousins ad. I think Kirk Cousins will be back and be fine next year. But I wish to on a little side note, Rand. Can we retire the whole uh, this guy, X guy is not going to play because this team is going to be so bad? Or, like, we do this every year. Like, Kyler wasn't going to play because Arizona was going to be so bad and there was no reason to risk Kyler. Players want to play. I've heard this about Justin Jefferson in season two. He isn't going to come back because he's he, he's got to save his body and he hasn't gotten his money oh, yet. No. Meanwhile, I thought the team was going to shelve him much. Like, And I will still – I will say absolutely that Christian McCaffrey was faking injuries to get out of Carolina. No, but either way, like yeah. players want to play, and they're not the players. The, the team is not going to bench a guy that wants to play be, just because it's better for like. Kyler's not going to give up a year of his career because the Cardinals don't want him to play. You know what I'm saying? Like they're not going to do that. They they, they I, paid him a whole bunch of money. <laughs> well, they didn't, Russ. He's playing. Um, no, I know, I know. Like, I think you're putting a little too much faith in the NFL, their teams, and caring about anything. Dude, about no, that's my point. Is, yeah, dude. people say this every year, and it almost never ever happens. Either in season or guys who are hurt before the season. Oh, they're not going to play all year. They're not going to play the rest of the year because X, Y, Z. It well, almost never happens. Year, Rocky, right. were you not? A avid watcher of the Indianapolis Colts during Peyton Manning's tenure. I was. Because if you were, then why are you saying this? Because that team confirmed for the rest of my life that in the end, there's always a couple ding-dongs in the NFL that are going to take the concept of potential injury and risk of injury and make that more important than product on the field. That was like I, I genuinely think that's the reason Peyton Manning doesn't have another Super Bowl ring. Um, what do you I think? Know, this is the year he he didn't play. 
Do you remember the year where him and the Saints were both undefeated the entire season until like week 13 and the Colts rested all their starters the last two, three weeks? Colts got bounced second week of the playoffs. I mean, they rested them for the playoffs. That's a different argument than what I'm making, though. I I wasn't trying to – I guess I wasn't trying to argue with what you were saying about it particularly. I was just trying to get cute with a comparison (laughs) to Peyton Manning because I'm a Tennessee fan. Look, um, you, you, you got it in the facial area. You, you know, you don't really need to try and get it with the words also. No, and I, get, I guarantee Leave that to the ugly next like year. Let me, let me have something, Ronnie. There's <laughs> going to be someone that some somebody thinks isn't going to play all year because of something, and, and they're going to be totally wrong because it happens every year. People do it every single year. And I, I, I say this, I think, almost every year. It's players, players want to play, and players are going to play if they're healthy. And yeah. Peter's going to hate, hate, hate. Unless yeah, Lamar Jackson. To, to lend credence to what you said, Rocky, there are there are very very few examples of a player that is capable of playing in the NFL team shelving them. There are there are almost zero examples ever. Yeah, and there's, there's, there's not even like even there's not even a lot of play. iffy situations where like you think maybe the guy would have been healthy enough to come back, and he, they just keep saying he's hurt. Like I can't yeah, even think of an example like that. Like, maybe. Yeah. Honestly, the the time of the year where it's probably the most true is the time of the year where the fantasy football advice doesn't matter as much. And that's like week 15. Like, season's already decided. If a player gets hurt and they're not healthy. And even with Stafford, he's like 34, 35 or whatever last year. Like, Kyler's, what, 27 or something? So, like, yeah, I I never thought if Kyler was ready to play, he wasn't going to play. And I heard that narrative so much uh, during the, the non-point scoring season. He's also, like, seven inches shorter than the average human being, which means he ages slower. So <laughs> That math checks out. But let's let's pull it back in. Let's rein it back in to Kirk Cousins and Kyler Murray for Trevor Lawrence. Sorry. I say I Kyler said, Murray. Yeah, I already said I would take the two for one at the beginning of that little rant. So I'll, I'll let Ronnie. Okay. No, no, no disagreements. Okay, cool. Uh, so we have two in trade attic seven, and one was just, it was me and Rocky. It's the only reason I left it on here. Uh, 24 second for Josh. Oh, both of these were me. Because I. Wait, it's you and Rocky? I believe yep. so, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Hold uh, on. So I did not have a starting quarterback. <laughs> And thankfully, <laughs> Rocky was willing to part with Josh Jobs, gave me a second for it. Fine all around. Worked out well. I won. Rocky got a second. Everybody's I, happy. Yep. As we'll see from the next trade, my team has been – I took over an orphan there, I think, like when I first came on to the show, like two or three years ago. Yeah. And it's been middling ever since. And I, I keep trying to win, and I keep not. And it's even worse this year, I think, <laughs> than it's been. So I, I'm finally just trying to like rebuild as much as I can at this point. So yeah, I don't even know I, if I have a starting quarterback after Dobbs. I might have Heineke or something. I, I had Aaron Rodgers at the beginning of the year, and yeah, I just don't care. I don't want to win anymore, and I want picks. So <laughs> yeah, my quarterbacks were Daniel Jones and Matt Stafford, so I was pretty screwed. Yeah, yeah, I I, I actually like that trade for both of you guys. I, I, honestly, not trying to like just agree with you but i'm assuming russ you were contending yes on that one yeah all right so yeah you throw away a second round pick to make sure that you don't lose advantage heading into the playoffs secure a win like that's all that really matters um and then you secured a second round pick rocky in next year's class like that's a win yeah 
You know, when, funny, Russ, I have a league where I have cousins in Stafford, and just before the games, I traded, uh, or maybe Saturday, I traded a second for Mac Jones. Loving that right now. But <laughs> <laughs> well, sure he's starting the rest of the year. Mac Jones from the beginning. I do, but I couldn't get anybody else for a sec. I didn't want to pay. I don't have much else like in that league. I, I Most of my picks are gone, and I didn't want to give up a player. So somebody offered me this. Uh, I think I offered even less. I might have offered like a third fourth for Mac Jones or something. <laughs> and they, they countered with a second, and I just took it because I have no quarterback to start. And, yeah, he got me like seven points. I might not start this week. Who knows? <laughs> so, uh, Bailey Zappy ain't playing like he did last year. Uh, so the last I thought game, they got rid of him. He's back. They did, but then he brought him. Yeah, they they actually <laughs> cut him at the in the preseason and then brought him. It back. was like a, for a day. They cut yeah. him. They put him on the practice squad. They they promoted him. Yeah, it was, they were like, we don't want to pay you six hundred thousand dollars a year. We're going to pay yeah. you two hundred thousand dollars a year. <laughs> That's you <can> come back. yeah. <laughs> Last trade on the show sheet, as Rocky was alluding to before, Saquon Barkley for it's the first place teams, 24 first and second. And especially after the Daniel Jones injury, pulling a first and second for Saquon Barkley, I think is absolutely yeah, yeah. a win. I was happy. I knew it was probably the 112 <laughs> or 111, and I didn't care. <laughs> Dude, is this a trade you made, Rocky? Yeah, this is that same team where Dude, I traded Son Dobbs. of a biscuit, yeah. man. That's ridiculous. He offered this like trade. Sunday morning, so I think uh, he, he he offered. I think I think he offered just the first, and I asked for a first and second. Then he uh, asked me to give him a third, and I never I didn't see that message until after he just accepted this. Anyway, <laughs> I probably would have thrown in the third, but third, yeah. <laughs> he just accepted Dude, that's it. The best. <laughs> Do you have your first out of curiosity? I don't. So yeah, mm. it's not okay. Great. So you yeah. you did the oh you no, I traded away. That's right. I'm, I'm middling, by the way. I'm pro- it's not like I'm going to have the 101. I haven't started trashing my team early enough to, to get the one. Doesn't matter, anyway. dude. There's there's a there's going to be five or six players that I think are pretty predictable next year that are going to change the landscape of fantasy football in a lot of dynasty leagues. And you, if you acquire a pick in both the first and second round next year, you're basically setting yourself up to have a better chance to move in and get one of the guys that matter. So. And I got great. two seconds thanks to Russ. What makes me happy yeah, yeah. <laughs> about that league. Uh, I'm in second place. I, well, I'm tied record-wise with the, the team that Rocky gave Saquon Barkley to. But he's outscoring mm. me by like 120 points. But I also have, at the moment, the 102 and the 103. That's nice. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's not my pick. Isn't my that low? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. I, I traded yours away. I don't remember. If, okay. But, like, yeah, I, I have two other picks, and they're – currently pretty locked in at this point seeming like the two and the three yeah i think mine's probably 105 106 ish at this point One, two, three, four. yeah the five yeah um but that's the end of our show sheet so that is going to be the end of our show thanks you thanks you nice <laughs> i'm ready for bed thanks ronnie for coming on i had yeah. a very good time i hope you did as well absolutely um, remind everyone where they could find you on i'm still calling it twitter because i think x is stupid so all of yeah. that stuff, and I have an Xbox in my room right now. I'm not going to call this social media app the same thing. Um, it's at Ronnie R O N N I E. Let's get it right. A Evans at Twitter, and uh, you can find me on there and everything else that's going on. Let's keep it easy. All right, on our side, Patreon.com/slash Trade Addicts Pod, you can hang out with us while we record and talk about Safe Ferris with Rocky and Frank and everyone else in the chat and Eric. Um, also, watch us as we record 
other stuff. We also have our Discord chat, the Cool Kids Club, which is a rockin' good time. Um, but always and forever, more importantly, fantasycares.org. Go donate. It's almost Toys for Tots shopping time. Um, people are going as early as this weekend, so it's it's for reals. Um, for now, we have two Love things that. going on this uh, two giveaways going on right now. Uh, we have our month long for diabetes awareness. We have a signed Mark Andrews jersey. I love those purple jerseys. Um, Mark Andrews has type one diabetes, and they, I saw over the weekend. I don't remember if it was an article or a video or whatever, but like every time he walks off the field, he gets his blood sugar tested, like and like on the field, you know, just ready to go. So just like let's get Super kids because. Cool. Um, every dollar that gets donated for this jersey is going straight to the JDRF, the Juvenile Diabetes Research Fund. So let's get more kids in there getting the capability and the technology to be able to go and play pro football because that's what every kid with diabetes wants to do, right? Um, but no, but seriously, um, fantasycares.org slash JDRF, go donate there. Every, you know, your donation gets you entered for a chance to win that. We'll give that away. Uh, on the Tuesday live stream, the first one in December. But this week's giveaway goodness is a CD Lamb signed jer- signed jersey and Funko Pop. I am ashamed of myself that it is the blue signed jersey, but the Funko Pop is wearing the white jersey. I, I, I'm so sorry that it doesn't match. Like, I feel gross and just sad about it, but it's what it is. So um, for that one, it's fantasycares.org slash GG for giveaway goodness. Um, and also just come hang out with us on the Fantasy Cares YouTube at Fantasy Cares Org on YouTube uh, every Tuesday, somewhere around 2 to 3 o'clock, whenever my boss doesn't bother me and tell me I have an, a meeting. You know, I'll go live for like 20, 30 minutes, talk about the past week in SFB and give some stuff away. And I'm rambling, so I'm going to bed. So good night, everybody. Good night, Russ. Good night, guys. My voice cracked. Thank Thank you for listening to the Great Attic Podcast. A proud member in the Dynasty Attic Podcast Network. Please follow your hosts at Dynasty and at Dynasty FF Attic. Please subscribe, rate, and review. We will catch you next time on the Trade Attic Podcast. Poopy Pants. That is the best. <laughs> See ya.